Alright guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So today I'm going to touch on what I wish I knew when I started training, just to hopefully give you some some uh, potential things that you can improve on now, instead of, let's say, waiting a few years down the line and then nailing, if that makes sense, and making the same mistakes I made, save you doing so. First quick update on myself, so... I am currently, it's currently Monday, I'm recording this, I am currently, it will be one week and six days out, so getting close to my show, Uh, I am currently cold, I've just had another food drop, and feeling a bit smashed, so yeah, life is good, Uh, but we're nearly there, and I've got, yeah, so one week and six days left until my first show, and then it'll be three weeks and six days left until my second. And that's pretty over. So it's the final push now. And uh, it's kind of like, like, yes, it's hard. But like the finishing the finishing line's there. We're getting close to the end now. So <clears throat> we're all good. And uh, yeah, so part of that, not too much to touch on with myself. Just chipping away. Losing more body fat. Of course, you'll see the weekly updates from myself on my Instagram. Uh, but yeah. A good two pounds down that week just there and as for this episode like i said i'm going to touch on what i wish i knew when i started training i've not had my coffee this morning so bear with me if i'm taking a while to get my words out so in terms of the first thing i want to touch on something i wish and could have done better in the past or knew in the past is how to differentiate training the upper back versus your lats so what I mean by this is that you're when you're trying to train your back, you've got a lot of muscles there. And if you just focus on doing rows and pull down without any focus on what muscle you're trying to target, you'll be pissing in the wind, to be honest. You won't really be getting the most out of your training. Whereas if you focus on trying to target either your upper back throughout a movement or target your lats throughout a movement, uh, you're never going to isolate one or the other, but kind of focusing on trying to isolate one will lead to much better progressions and back development, in my opinion. And the reason being is, it's like, if, let's say, you apply that thought process to any other muscle group, it's like, when you're going to train legs, you don't just think, oh, what are you training? Oh, I'll train my legs here. You think, oh, I'll train my quads, or I'll train my hamstrings, or I'll train my calves. The same applies when you're training, like, your pushing muscles. Usually someone thinks, right, I'll do a shoulder movement, I'll do a shoulder press, and then they'll do like a chest movement, they'll do a chest press or a chest fly. Uh, They don't think, oh, I'll just train the pushing muscles. They break them down into smaller muscle groups, and the same applies to your upper back and your lats, because there's so much muscles back there. There's your traps, rhomboids, your lats, your erectors. Uh, So there's like your rear delts as well. There's a ton going on there. So if you just focus on, let's say, train your back, you probably won't stimulate anything that well. Obviously, there's a time for just focusing on moving weight and doing compound movements, but it shouldn't be every single set, in my opinion. So in terms of how to actually differentiate the two, when you're training the upper back, you should usually focus on having your elbows somewhat flared, so not having your elbows tucked into your side, having a lot of movement in your shoulders, so allowing your shoulders to come forward and and then driving your elbows back and allowing your shoulders to then come back. We want a lot of movement in our shoulder blades. And 
as well as that we usually want a pronated grip or a neutral grip because that will usually mean our elbows are flared whereas if we have our palm facing up if we have our elbows tucked uh, yeah sorry if we have our palms facing up it will usually lead to our elbow being tucked and going on to that in terms of what happens during a lat focus movement that leads to when we're trying to train our lat we basically want our elbow tucked so we want the opposite as a result, it's good to have your palm facing in and up, or slightly supinated, in other words. And basically, when you face your palm down, that's pronated. When you face your palm up, that's supinated. A good way of remembering it is when you're carrying soup. Let's say you're carrying a bowl of soup in your hand. You'll have your palm facing up to hold the bowl. That's a good way to remember it. I think I got taught that in school uh, by one of my teachers. But it's always stuck with me since. So yeah, we want our elbows tucked, so having your palm facing up slightly will help us do so. So what I mean by this is if, let's say, you've got a straight bar or like uh, D-handles, you want to have an underhand grip or you want to have your palm facing in uh, or up slightly if you're using D-handles where you can choose exactly where your palm faces. And we're not focusing on moving the shoulder when trying to train the lat. We don't want to pin the shoulder down because that can inhibit our ability to actually use the lat and train it in the stretch position. Uh, we don't want to really focus on doing anything with the shoulder, just mainly focus on driving your elbow down and back when you're doing a pull down, or when you're doing, or sorry, when you're doing a pull down, more down, when you're doing a roll down and back, and not just towards you or towards your chest, because you'll just get a lot of bicep flexion and train the upper back as well. So yeah, that's the first thing I wish I'd done better when I started. The second thing I want to touch on is foot placement for quad development. So when it comes to training your quads, again, like I said earlier, like I don't recommend going into the gym and just thinking, ah, I'm training my legs. You should know exactly what you're trying to get out of each movement. Each movement's a chance for you to grow muscle tissue, so it should be maximising. You should think, how can I get the most out of this one movement? And when it comes to, yeah, training your quads, you want ideally a low foot placement on the platform. What I mean by platform is if you're using a hack squat or a leg press, you want your feet nice and low. Or if you're using a Smith machine, you don't want your feet out in front of you, you want them under you. Or if you're doing a barbell back squat, obviously you can't really move your feet because it doesn't work like, it doesn't work like that. You'll you'll fall forward or back. So I wouldn't recommend moving your feet forward or back during a barbell back squat for safety purposes. But yeah, <laughs> don't know why I found that so funny. But basically we want our feet low on the platform and that will give us maximal knee bend and allow us to get our knees over our toes. And as well as that, you want basically a stance in terms of width and where your toes are facing. You want it in whatever position allows you to go the deepest and get your knee nice and far over your toe because that's what's going to train the quad effectively and of course you don't want to have your feet too low when you're doing it on let's say the platform that your heels start coming up so when your heels start coming up that's you ran out of bend at the ankle uh, so basically just go just to the point where you're about to get your ankle to lift up that's usually where I stop and if you struggle with your ankle mobility, then you can work on it just by spending time in the bottom position and also 
pausing at the bottom, yeah, just pausing at the bottom, stretching at pre-workout, working on your mobility, or using Olympic lifters or a heel wedge, or in other words, just putting like a plate under your heel to lift your ankle up. Because that, what that basically does is decrease the amount of ankle mobility you need from a movement. So, yeah, foot placement for quad development, just to summarise, nice and low on the platform, you want whatever stance you can go deepest. You get folk that say, oh, close stance for getting your sweep developed, bro, uh, stuff like that, which is, I think, pretty... You don't need to do that. It's like most folk listen to this podcast, like, you probably just need more quads everywhere. Uh, so what's going to do that is allowing you to take, like, whatever stance will let you go deepest with because that will recruit the most muscle fibres and train your quads through the largest range of motion. So next up is the importance of rest and recovery. So when you are training in the gym, hard sessions don't always mean good sessions. We want to put ourselves in a position where we're training progressively. And that's not just going in the gym and battering yourself twice a day, six days a week, or getting up super early because you're in team no sleep and getting a session in, that's not going to be productive for growing muscle. So what we want to actually achieve in the gym is doing things you've not been able to do before, weight-wise, rep-wise, basically improving performance. So... If you go to the gym and let's say you've got a sweat on, you feel knackered and you've got a good pump, yes, a pump can help you grow muscle and yes, we want to be putting effort in, of course, it's kind of a good sign if you have you feel like you've trained hard, that's obviously going to be a good sign, but for the most part, we want to be achieving things we've not been able to do before. Uh, and if not, our training's not progressive, which means we're not applying progressive overload which is shown to cause muscle growth to occur. That's the main driver for muscle growth. So make sure when you are in the gym, you're not just focusing on getting a good pump or getting a good squeeze in your muscles. You're actually focusing on getting the most out of each movement by adding weight to the bar, adding reps to the set, improving your form. And that should be your goal in every single set. And if you go into sets and you're not doing that, then you're probably doing junk volume. Like you're, If that's not a focus, then... Why are you doing that set? You Each set should have a purpose. Each set should have a goal. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of ties into my next point, really. Just applying progressive overload on all sets, not just having any, not just having, like, three sets of biceps, having three sets of biceps where you're trying to beat the numbers from last week. You're trying to get more reps in the previous week. Will that happen every single set for muscles like your side delts or biceps? Probably not, but you should have the focus on doing so. And when you can't, you can still make sure effort is there and you attempt it at least. So yeah, uh, because, like I said, if we're not progressing, then we're not building muscle really. Uh, because like when we look at the people who have the biggest physiques, natural or enhanced, they are often the strongest. The people who have the most muscle tissue have the greatest level of strength. Even if they don't always express it, they they do. Uh, so if you want to be big, get strong. It's pretty simple, to be honest. Obviously, there's more that comes to, into it when it comes to like weak muscle groups, etc. But if you're just starting out, just get strong at basic movements with good form and you will build muscle. 
There's no need to overcomplicate things at first. And like like I was saying, we want to be pro- applying progressive overload. This is granted we are in a surplus, meaning we're bulking or maintaining weight. If we are dieting, it will be a wee bit harder, but you can still definitely make a ton of progress doing so if you're new to the gym, especially if you make sure you're nice and consistent. So next up, something I wish I'd done when I started is kept a hip hinging or not when I started, when I was in the first few years of training, it's kept a hip hinge in my program. So when, let's say, uh, I used to train more for strength and to like, improve the big lifts like squat, bench and deadlift, like the powerlifting lifts, you could say, uh, and I thought a hip hinge doesn't really fit into the split because I was worried about, let's say, my legs being a bit sore for back or because I'm training both muscle groups. Like, I can't do that. Uh, but I think I limited the progress I could have made and I could be a lot further on with my back development, my strength on hip hinges and how much muscle I have as a result of it. So yeah, hip hinge, it's got a lot of value to it if you can do so safely and if you can't, spend time learning it. Uh, yes, you might feel like a tit doing so in the gym but like, I've done, done it myself. I didn't start off being able to like RDL what I'm doing at this body weight right now, that didn't happen. I started by recording me going with my mate when I was 16, recording myself doing a deadlift and trying to get a straight back, just practicing with really lightweight for weeks on end, months on end, just trying to get form right. So be patient and spend time doing things like the deadlift and don't neglect it because it, it will show. It will show if you don't spend time building a good foundation of strength on those movements. Uh, so yeah, I think it'd be a lot further ahead, development-wise, physique-wise, if I didn't leave them out for a good while. And as for the argument, oh, but let's say it, it trains my legs and I've got legs in a few days. You can either structure your split so that you do not, you, you have adequate rest before your sessions, but saying that, you probably shouldn't be training six days a week if you're a beginner, you probably don't need to, you can probably do like an upper lower split and get more out of less days and train five days maybe uh, and you can you can get away with let's say training and just doing less sets for that lift and being able to recover in time and then being able to do so again uh, but I just definitely recommend having a hip engine, granted you've not got anything that stops you doing so but saying that most folks say oh I can't do it for this reason, but they've just not, they've not spent the time learning it, they've not spent time getting good form or building it up. So, yeah, next up, as well as, like, a hip hinge, something I didn't, I didn't value enough is the value of the hip adductor machine. So the hip adductor is the machine where basically you sit on it with your legs open and then you close your legs. Simple as that. So, I did do it, but I went through the motions at the end of the session. I didn't really quite maximise what why I was doing it. Like I just kind of superseded it with the abductor machine, so the one where you open your legs. And for those that don't know, the adductor is the muscle in them inside your legs. It's kind of part of your quad. You do use it during squatting movements and leg pressing movements. 
especially when you go deeper if you've got or if you've got a wider stance. Uh, but I think isolating the muscle does so much good. So it can help with your mobility for one, I believe, and as well as that, it just makes such a big difference to your leg development. So put in your program, simple as that. Do it at the start if you can, uh, unless you've got things you really, really want to prioritise. Get strong at it and apply a lot of effort into it. Uh, and the reason I say do it when you're fresh is because, or do it at the start of your session, that's what I mean by fresh, is because of the value it has because it doesn't really take away from your performance on any other lifts. So it makes sense to do so. And next up, log booking. So kind of tying into what I was just saying there, but I wish I logged my sets more closely when I was starting out. Uh, and the reason being is, like I said, things on the ductor, like I'd done it, but I didn't maximise it. It's like, see if I maybe even had it at the same point in my session, but instead of just jumping on and doing some sets, I jumped on it, logged what I'd done last weekend, tried to get one more rep, or tried to put a wee bit of weight on and done that consistently, and I'd be better off than just going on, selecting a weight and putting a bit of effort in. Because yes, you can put effort in, but it's not quite the same as if you keep the tempo the same, the form the same, and then progress it over time, you don't quite get the same effects from the exercise, if that makes sense. So make sure you are logbooking your sets and you're making the most of them. And you're not just doing sets for the sake of it. So yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And uh, yeah, something I've quite enjoyed doing. Obviously, I'm a bit more tired and find it hard to focus right now because I'm dieting, because uh, where I am in prep. But I, I liked in the podcasts because... Uh, I get a lot of fulfilment out of it and it is a good way for time to pass as well. So yeah, I hope you've enjoyed. I appreciate everyone's support and uh, if you did enjoy it, subscribe, like, leave a comment, rate and review, that sort of thing. And also, if you haven't already, check out my YouTube. I've got podcast videos going up there. Uh, obviously, you'll be able to see me sit at my desk if you're interested in doing so. And as well as that, I've also got other educational content going out there in, in the form of YouTube videos. So yeah, hope you've enjoyed the episode once again and thank you very much for listening.